Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to subscribe and follow our podcast right now for free wherever you get your podcasts. Like this video on YouTube, subscribe, share it with your friends. You know the deal by now. Please do that to help us spread the word about this daily podcast talking all things Duke Athletics for five days a week. On today's show, we'll talk about the NBA draft decisions that Duke men's basketball players have made. And you know that Duke fans love talking about the brotherhood playing at the next level. It's another week where we break down what's going on in the NBA playoffs coming up right now on our edition of Lockdown Blue Devils. Joining me for today's festivities is my good buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Josh, how are you, man? How was your weekend? Oh, man, uh, doing great. Uh, the uh, weather has is, is, is finally turned. We're in full spring mode here. Um, obviously enjoying uh, the NBA playoffs going on, what, which is basically like K Academy. Yeah. It seems so many Duke guys there. And then, you know, yeah, um, processing all of the, the five guys who made those decisions to go pro um, from Duke. And so, yeah, you know, it's that time of year, right? It is, it is, and we've got a lot to discuss. I want to start with those NBA draft decisions that were made uh, by the former Duke players. I don't know that we can necessarily call them former just yet until they are drafted and take that next step. And again, of course, these players do have the option to come back if they so choose. Uh, The deadline was Sunday at 11.59 p.m., and now they'll start to hear from NBA teams on what they're feeling and that sort of thing. But all five Duke players did decide to declare. Jeremy Roach was the one guy that we figured would come back, and he did announce he's coming back for year three, leading the team. I actually want to start there. We knew Jeremy Roach Mm -hmm. would come back. What does it mean, though, that he is? Well, I mean, the Jeremy Roach that finished the season out uh, for us was incredible. Um, And Duke fans, I mean, honestly, had we seen that Jeremy Roach all year, I mean, you're talking about a second-team All-ACC performer. Uh, the way that he played. And so um, it's always good when you have a a junior third-year point guard um, who is returning. And, man, I tell you what, the flashes that he showed in the last eight to ten games of the season, he could get in the lane on anyone. It did not matter who was guarding him. He could get in the lane. His little mid-range jumper, Chris Paul-looking mid-range jumper that he had was great. And honestly – um, he finishes at the rim as small as he is. He really can finish at the rim. And so I'm looking forward to it. The, the question mark, and I, is, this is good, the question mark to me about Jeremy is leadership. And will Jeremy become that vocal leader? He seemed to be kind of the guy that's in the background, but maybe he was just playing his role. Um, and so now we're going to see, you know, will Jeremy be able to step into that leadership role with Joey? Um, and provide some, you know, some, some, some of that captain, you know, that vibe that, that we're always looking for um, on our Duke teams as captains. So we'll see. But I'm interested. I'm excited. I would much rather have a junior Jeremy Roach as a point guard than any true freshman at this point. Yeah, no, I, I can't wait to see what he's going to be this next year. I think he's going to be one of the top uh, point guards, certainly in the ACC, and uh, will be in the case for the entire country, how well he played 
towards the end of the season. Uh, let's keep breaking this down player by player. Uh, the next guy I want to go to was the last guy to actually declare on Sunday. We waited all week long, so much so that you're sitting there waiting like, is this guy going to forget that he has to make an announcement uh, and be stuck in Durham for another season, which we would certainly be okay with. But A.J. Griffin finally makes the decision to declare. Yeah, I mean, and A.J. Griffin this year, I didn't watch him a ton in high school. Um, but from what people were saying, you know, this year, even as good as he was, as good as he shot the ball, as effective as he was for Duke, it still felt like he was returning from his injury. And how awesome is it that you can be returning from your injury and still go pro after your, after one season of college basketball? He shot nearly 45% from three-point three point line. Um, and, you know, he came in, he, he eased his way in, um, did not get that much playing time, you know, at the beginning. He's just way in, and then uh, by the time the ACC season has started, it was obvious that A.J. was key to us being successful, and, and he was. And so I'm super happy for A.J. Griffin. Uh, obviously, his dad, you know, um, works in the NBA in the front office, and, and, and he's got his pulse on that. And so you know that whatever A.J.'s decision was, obviously the GoPro was the right decision. He's got the right people talking to him, good head on his shoulders, and so – Super happy for him. Hate it for us, but super happy for him. Yeah, and he was healthy to play through a full season. Is what was so impressive given the last few years of his high school career. And A.J. Griffin had some big moments for Duke down the stretch, uh, particularly in that Final Four game. We didn't see the best A.J. Griffin out there, but in Chapel Hill, he was outstanding. He had big-time games all throughout the entire year. And uh, certainly going to miss A.J. Griffin playing for the Duke Blue Devils. What a fun player he was. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what team drafts him at the next level and what that looks like. Let's talk about a few more guys in just a moment. But first, let's take a quick break here on Locked On Blue Devils. Today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, you got to check this out. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It supports better sweep quality and recovers supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science and the content, constant product literations and third-party testing. We're talking about Athletic Greens. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts. Make sure you check out Athletic Greens today as it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. It's easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back into Lockdown Blue Devils here today. JJ Jackson hanging out with Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. As we'll continue to move on, we've already talked about Paula Bancaro and the decision that he had. Just a moment ago, we spoke on uh, A.J. Griffin and Jeremy Roach deciding to come back. We've discussed the big fella Mark Williams going to the next level as well. Let's start in this segment with Wendell Moore Jr. and, and Trevor Keels. Those are the guys that 
you know, we were playing the game. If only one can come back, mm-hmm. who would you rather come back? Uh, all that sort of thing. So, so Trevor Keels officially announces that he's going to declare for the NBA draft. What do you think of that news? Um, Trevor was the one, right? That he was the one that that I think Duke fans were really hoping would would not declare for the draft, but to clarify things, um, these guys can hire agents. Um, and still return. Uh, there's a list of approved agents and agencies through the NCAA. And so the fact that Trevor has declared um, does not necessarily mean that his name will stay in. And, and I only say that I have no knowledge. I only say that because people with more knowledge than I have are throwing that out there about Trevor. And so I'm, I'm not trying to start anything talking about anything that other people aren't talking about. So I think it's a real possibility for Trevor that maybe he gets some feedback uh, from from pro scouts to say, hey, listen, I know your potential, but, man, I'd like to see you actually do it uh, for one more year in college. I don't know. Maybe that's what he gets. Um, if Trevor was would, would return to Duke, um, I mean, I think Duke fans would be absolutely a pump for that. I mean, he was a, a defensive stopper, um, his strength and going to the basket. And then if he can improve his shooting, I mean, you're looking at an all-ACC you know, easy, easy, all ACC guy. So, but on the other hand, if he gets the feedback that he needs to stay in the draft, right now his projections are like low first round, maybe early second round. Um, if he stays in the draft, hey man, good for him. Once again, and I, I'm not trying to be harsh to Duke fans, but most of these kids, their dream is not to stay at Duke. Their dream is to go pro. And now it's it's a numbers game. It's a money game. How quickly can you get to the league and get through your rookie contract to get to your second contract, right? At the end of the day, that's what guys are trying to do. Um, and, and even if you're not a lottery pick, guys are trying to take that Gary Trent route of like, hey, I got in, I showed that I was a baller, and now I'm getting paid. And so I can't I can't fault anyone for going pro. If Trevor stays in the draft, man, I love Trevor Kills. I'll forever be a Trevor Kills fan. But there's that sliver of hope that maybe Trevor comes back. And who knows? The hope is the biggest thing because if you've got a sophomore Trevor Keels coming back, the three-point percentage was right at 31, and that's a number that I'm sure he wasn't uh, pleased with. And I know that he can improve because Trevor is a really good three-point shooter. He just needs the opportunity to get that done. So we'll certainly uh, see if Trevor Keels gets that chance in the NBA or if he were to come back for another season, you know he's bound to have a really big year. Here's the other interesting dynamic with a lot of these decisions. And I don't know necessarily that this year, so many players were thinking about this, particularly in Trevor Keel's case, because there does appear to be sort of a need for a, a, a right away two guard for this Duke team to step in. But in this era of Duke basketball, where we are so used to taking in one and done players year after year after year, you do almost have to wonder if in the back of your mind you're concerned all it takes is a minor injury, a tweak, or something for someone else to get the opportunity on next year's team to be playing really good basketball to all of a sudden you're out of the rotation altogether. And so, again, I don't know, Josh, necessarily that that's a factor this year, but that is something that's always been interesting for me to think about. Yeah, I mean, when you put together who is coming in this coming year and then who's coming in the year after that, that's where you can really start to get into that. Uh, you know, we're, we're stacking two incredible recruiting classes back to back from John Shire. And, uh, hey, what a good problem to have. You know, I, I've said this uh, to some friends. 
I'd love to see a college coach uh, work in uh, somewhat of an NBA uh, rotation at some point in time. You know, in the NBA, guys play a certain amount of minutes. They sit for a couple of minutes. It's a regular scheduled break. It's when they do it. I know, I know the quarter breaks in the NBA help that a little bit. But, like, I mean, it'd be kind of neat to know that, hey, this guy is going to get eight minutes a game. He's going to get 12 minutes a game on a normal game. That's just what we do. We rotate this guy in. And, and, our, and our star sits for three or four minutes at a time. Um, I don't know if that would work in the college game. I don't know currently of a college coach that does that uh, like they do in the NBA. But who knows? I mean, if we're if we're bringing in all this talent, I mean, maybe Shire could be ahead of the game there and really, uh, you know, latch on to something. But but hey, look, competition's good. Uh, injuries happen, um, as you mentioned, and so the more the merrier. The more players we can get. I mean, we're not talking about this today, but you know, there's transfer portal um, rumors flying. Kid just uh, declared, I believe, from uh, South Dakota State yep. uh, in the portal, and a lot of Duke Duke uh, folks are seem to be excited about him. Um, so listen, the more the merrier. Let's fill this roster out with as good as basketball players that fit our system as we can, and then go from there. Let the chips fall. Yeah, we'll let the chips fall. Indeed, we're talking about the NBA draft decisions on today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. When we come back for our final segment today, I want to spend a good bit of time talking about the NBA playoffs, everything that we've seen, and uh, what to look for coming up in this week ahead. You're listening here to Locked On Blue Devils. Today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the MLB season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action, bet online where the game starts. Final segment here today of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson and Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. We're experiencing some technical difficulties. We've moved over to Zoom for the uh, second portion of the podcast here today. But Josh, as we move forward, let's uh, let's sort of talk about the NBA playoffs. What do you say? Because we love watching them. Uh, absolutely. I mean, evidently. Um... Yeah, evidently my internet is like creeping, so, uh, <laughs> so that's my fault. We're zooming, but hey, let, let, it is what it is, right? Um, yeah, NBA playoffs, man. I mean, we have to start, right? We have to start with Jason Tatum. Yeah, and the last Boston night Celtics. the Boston Celtics officially swept the Brooklyn Nets, who had Kyrie Irving and Seth Curry on their team, uh, but Jason Tatum is is the storyline here. Yeah, so the question mark heading into this season, if you remember last year. Uh, Jason Tatum did not make a first, second, or third team All-NBA. In fact, he he missed out on some money, I believe, um, as a result of that. And he felt as if he deserved it. He was interviewed on J.J. Reddick's podcast where he spoke about that, that he really felt like he deserved to be on the third team last year. He just didn't make it. And he came into this year uh, super motivated. And, boy, uh, was has he been. I mean, there were question marks, <clears throat> question marks around this team. Um, in the early part of the season, in fact, there were people even heading into December, January, saying, hey, will Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, is this really going to work? They're similar players. Do they need a different point guard? And there was there was talks of let's get rid of Marcus Smart and all that stuff. And then they just turn it on. And I don't know. 
Um, it was a coaching move, a defensive strategy move. I don't know what it was. Al Horford, like, stepped back in time four or five years. And, and this team became the most dominant defensive team um, that I've seen in a while. And then Tatum's offense has just been incredible. And so now what we're talking about this year, if Jason Tatum does not end up on the first team All-NBA, it's going to be a, it's going to be robbery, in my opinion. Um, he has had an incredible season. Um, I, this guy on Twitter, Max, I have no clue uh, who he is, but the, the credit to him, um, these are Jason Tatum's numbers in the four-game sweep, by okay. the way, yeah. of the Brooklyn Nets, you know, the, the seven seed nobody wanted to see, right? Um, here's Jason Tatum's numbers. 29.5 points per game. It's right at 30 points. Four and a half rebounds a game. 7.3 assists. If you remember, I believe it was game two. He did not shoot the ball well at all, uh, but he still had 10 assists that game. Right. And I tell, that, that is Jason Tatum not just being a hero ball player, but getting his teammates and making his teammates better. Uh, 1.8 steals per game, right at one block per game. His shooting splits 46% from two, 42% from three, and 87% from the foul line for the series. And I love this. So that's his offense. Here's his defense. He guarded Kevin Durant for over 30 minutes of actual gameplay time for over 138 partial possessions. And he held Kevin Durant to 12 points on three of 17 shooting, over five from three, with 12 turnovers. Wow. And two blocks. That is, that is historic. Okay, Kevin Durant is a, a historic player. Yeah. Incredible. There's never going to be another, in my opinion, seven-footer that can do what Kevin Durant does, or, or we've yet to see him. And to see what Tatum has done on him defensively is absolutely incredible. And here's the thing. He's oftentimes on an island out there with him. Uh, they run a lot of iso ball, and it's not necessarily that you've got Marcus Smart. It's not necessarily that you've got Jalen Brown. It's like you're out there by yourself with him, and Tatum has done a great job. It is it is good to know that should you get beat off the dribble, you've got Robert Williams uh, to help protect the rim. That is definitely something uh, good for Tatum. But, man, Jason Tatum, I mean, Duke fans remember uh, probably the, the, the memory for Duke fans is the dunk over yep. Kennedy Meeks in the UNC game. Well, you know, in this in this series, you had the game one game winner, the the twisting right. layup at the expired. buzzer. Yep. Just some iconic moments, man. And like, I'm so happy for Jason Tatum. Um, anyway, Duke fans, Duke fan that that's a guy that Duke fans need to get behind because he's going to be 10 to 12 more years in this league. He's going to be perennial All Star. Every season, it's going to be, is he on the first team or the second team? Like, he's, he's that guy. And uh, and he loves Duke. He loves Duke. Loves Duke. Is still repping it all the time and was talking about them throughout the entire uh, March Madness run. The other thing that's just kind of crazy to sit here and think about, he turned 23 or 24 a month ago. He is one month into being 24 years old. And he's got a lot, a lot, a lot of big basketball left to be played ahead of him. I think yeah. the Kevin Durant angle in this is certainly interesting because not only when Tatum was guarding him, KD just really struggled the series outside of last night's game, actually. KD had a really productive game four, 
last night for Brooklyn. Kyrie was great in game one of the series. Uh, but what did you think of the performance from Kyrie for four games? Well, I'm probably not the right guy to ask about Kyrie <laughs> Irving. I'm a Duke fan that's not a huge Kyrie Irving fan. But he was incredible in game one until he decided that he had to be the one to take that final shot. Um, and he kind of blew up that last possession for them. Um, uh, Kyrie, at the end of the day, um, you cannot play in less than half of your games. Um, and even some of those games Kyrie was playing in on the road when the vaccination issue was going on, KD was hurt. So the limited amount of playing time that Kyrie had with Kevin Durant this year, I don't care how good a player you are. Kyrie is one of the most skilled basketball players in the world. He can do things with the basketball in his hand that, that other guys can't do, but I don't care how good you are when you don't play together and you don't get the continuity um, with your teammates, then you wind up in a series like this and you run into a buzzsaw in Boston. And at the end of the day, Kyrie and, and Seth and Kevin Durant and Bruce Brown, whoever else you want to throw out there, Nick Claxton, whoever, they just haven't played together. Yeah. And there's something to be said about that. And, and Kyrie, listen, deep down, Kyrie knows that. Kyrie knows. I mean, he. let's be real. With the, the season they played at Duke, there are Duke fans. I will not say if I'm one of them. There are Duke fans who believe that Duke would have been better off with him not coming back and inserting himself in the lineup uh, for the tournament. If we'd have just continued on the way we were, that we would have gone deeper in that tournament. I'm not going to tell you if I'm one of those Duke fans. I would just say there are Duke fans that believe that. So all that to say, Kyrie, in my opinion, man, just shooting straight, Kyrie needs to commit himself to being a good teammate to being a good member of an organization. If that's Brooklyn, great. Commit yourself to Brooklyn. You know, go run this back with KD. Um, you know, see if you can convince Ben Simmons to put on a uniform, right. who knows, and run this thing back. Because I, I do believe if those guys have played together all season, I believe this this series – well, first of all, this series doesn't happen because they're not a seven seed if, if they play together all season. So that's my thing for Kyrie. It's kind of like, man, put up or shut up play a full season, be a good teammate, be a good member of an organization, because when you are, you're a you're a top five, top right. seven NBA player. No kidding. Here's the Seth Curry numbers in this, a uh, four-game series for the Brooklyn Nets alongside Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Seth Curry, just your run of the mill, 33 minutes a game, a lot of time out there on the floor. And in 33 minutes of competition in four games, he averaged 14 and a half points, and shot 53% from three-point range. That is productivity in every sense, every meaning of the word, what Seth Curry was able to do for Brooklyn uh, in his limited time there after being acquiring from Philadelphia. That guy has been so much fun to root for in his career, so much different than his brother Steph, but really now is solidified, and it's like no matter what team in the NBA Seth Curry goes to, he's going to be a starter and he's going to be one of the top shooters in the entire league. Yes. Um, well, number one, and number one, his shooting numbers percentage-wise are better than his brothers. Right. Um, you know, I know they play different games, and Seth doesn't take the 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 amount of shots and also right. the difficulty. I get that. It's completely different games. So I'm not saying any, anything. I'm not trying to hint that he's better than Steph or anything like that, uh, but his numbers are better. Um, and the one thing that I've that I've – enjoyed watching with Seth and and he is by no means a great defender but he can stay on the court with defense like 
he's not the guy that I mean that let's think of like the heat right Duncan Robinson like there's there they laugh sometimes because Duncan yeah. can't stay on the court because of defense you don't really hear that with Seth Curry and he's and he's undersized I mean you think about the undersized roster really that Brooklyn put out there I mean you've got Kyrie who I don't know what he's listed at but he can't he's right at six foot tall Seth's not much taller uh who's brown he's not much taller like they start three small small dudes um but but he he defends well enough to stay on the court and that's a big deal because he's not just a specialist he's not just coming in to shoot the ball um he can stay on the court for as you mentioned 33 minutes a game and that says something and so super proud of Seth I'm, I'm sorry of Seth and uh and you know I don't know his contract details and how he's structured but um I would I would assume that a guy like KD wants a guy like Seth yeah. Curry around on that roster no kidding I think a lot of people want him on their team all right uh this is a Tuesday edition of Locked on Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson here with Josh Cox. And unfortunately, we're running short on time here because there are several other guys we want to highlight. Grayson Allen has been turning up the notch. Boo. <laughs> boo. We got a boo when we talk about Grayson. Exactly. Right? That's, That's what everybody That has doing. been awesome, hasn't it? <laughs> I've loved it so much. And the great thing, Milwaukee up 3-1 in that series over Chicago. I feel pretty good that they're bound for another big run. I think that's going to be a fun series uh, against the Boston Celtics. So we'll be able to talk plenty about Grayson Allen and what he's doing for the Milwaukee Bucks. But Josh, before we go, uh, Section 17 podcast, what you host, talking football, talking spring game. You guys saw Mateo Durant a lot throughout the spring this year as he's preparing for the NFL draft. And this week on Thursday through the rest of the weekend, we've got the 2022 NFL draft and Mateo likely going to be picked. Um, day two, day three area for Mateo Durant. How excited are you to see where he ends up and then just that the NFL draft is back? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the NFL draft. Honestly, it's kind of snuck up on me a little bit. Yeah, I'm not same, sure why, same. but it seems like it has. Um, Mateo Durant, there is not a more deserving kid. We've gotten to know him and talk to him uh, over the last year. <clears throat> and like, I feel like he's like a younger brother. Like, I'm so excited for him. Like, when he gets drafted, I'm like, man, that's like my family getting drafted. Like, um, he's such a great, such a great kid. Um, I believe I was messing with him saying, hey, man, what do you think about trying to sneak into that early third round? And he was like, man, I'm trying I'm trying to stay, um, you know, logically it's probably going to be fourth round. That's, what you know, kind of what he shared right. with me. Um, and I'm like, hey, man, look, it doesn't matter what round he's picked in. Um, I believe that kid shows up in training camp and whatever team drafts him sees the value uh, that he has. And so the one area, the one area he um, would say he's got to improve in is pass catching out yeah. of the backfield, which is obviously now if you're a running back, unless you're a special running back, you've got to be able to catch the ball of the backfield. So he, he feels like he needs to improve there. And then I think Duke fans would agree with me, ball security a little bit. Yeah. Um, just making sure that ball doesn't, doesn't get on the ground. Um, if he can work on those two things, Absolutely no reason why we won't hear his name um, called, not just on draft night, but on highlights, you know, uh, throughout his rookie season. And we know how running backs are now. They're a dime a dozen a little bit in the NFL. And so don't put it past a team who's got a solid running back, a Derrick Henry, right? If Derrick Henry goes down for a game or two, you know what I mean? They're going to rotate these guys in, rookies and others. So I think we'll hear his name called no matter where he lands. I'm super excited for him. He's really the only Blue Devil that's guaranteed – uh, you're ready to get drafted. We'll see right. where the other guys land. Um, as usually happens, they'll they'll land somewhere, um, and we'll see if they can work their way on our roster. 
let's see what happens. The NFL draft coming up this week. We'll be able to talk about it when we chat next week and more NBA conversation as well. Josh, thank you for the time as always. Appreciate you being here with me. Hey, JJ, thanks for having me, man. Have a great day. That's my buddy Josh Cox joining me here today on the podcast. You've been listening to another edition of Locked on Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you and good day.